everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school. I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've known for a long time. We met singing together at a wedding and then started a prayer group together. Uh, where we met once a week with women in the D.C. area. She's a teacher, a singer, a mom, and just an amazing woman and friend. It's Gina Swanda. Hi, Gina. Hey, Julia. How are you? It's so good to hear your voice. It's so great great to catch up. I haven't really talked to you much, I feel like, in quarantine. We've texted a lot, but this is the first time, like, catching up in a while. I agree. I agree. (laughs) Quarantine has had some, you know, some blessings in a way. I've liked following along to what you've had going on and... Actually, I think your birthday last year was one of the first like Zoom parties I attended. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I was very yeah. grateful that the birthday coming up this year will not have to be quarantined. The governor just lifted that we can have up to 50 guests indoors in a gathering. So I am super stoked about that. <laughs> I'm so excited. Absolutely. Much to celebrate, most especially you. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's a big birthday, but I really just feel like it's everybody is just happy to be able to to get out now that a lot of us are vaccinated and, you know, we're still going to be safe, obviously, but it's just nice to be together finally. Gina, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, either where you're from or a little more about your background? Sure. Well, I love saying that I'm originally from Southern California. I have a lot yes, of pride girl. for my home state. <laughs> <laughs> Miss my family and my schools and my people there. But um, speaking of birthdays, now that I'm into my 40s, I've been in the D.C. area as long as I was in California growing up since I wow. left right after college. <laughs> We're getting so, old. <laughs> Seriously, I your podcast is not long enough to go through my history, but um, I live in <laughs> I live in Rockville, Maryland, and I'm married to Troy. I've got three kids, and I'm happy to say I'm still a teacher. I've, I love teaching, and I have been full time in the past, and then part time. And I teach one day a week at my kids' school, St. Patrick's in Rockville. I teach music and drama, which we're really missing during this pandemic time, but hopeful that these things will be returning at some point. Absolutely. I know it's been tough for our specialty teachers at school too. They've been doing amazing things though. I mean, everybody really is innovating as much as they can. I mean, we were talking earlier, we have to give teachers credit. I mean, we're biased (laughs) since we are teachers. Absolutely. People are getting creative and it's like you said, been a blessing, but also challenging this year for sure. Yes. So exhausting. Teachers are incredible. (laughs) They were before the pandemic and then having to like recreate their jobs and yeah I've really been missing all the typical music and theater but doing what we can and I think we'll appreciate it so much more when it comes back. I agree totally. Well I'm so excited to talk about this very special scripture verse because this is one that I know has been special to you for a very long time as I mentioned in the intro. We had a prayer group going for a really long time there when I was living in DC too so I know this is special to you. So what I'm going to have you do is read the verse And then I'm going to give it a little bit of historical background, and then we're just going to talk about why you like it whenever you're ready, Gina. Thank you. And I will tell you, I'm reading from the NRSV. I looked at the NAB version as well, but I liked this one a little bit better. So, and I'm going to read Jeremiah 29 verses 11 through 14. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. 
plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me, if you seek me with all your heart. I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Awesome. I'm glad that you read more than what we're usually familiar with. Jeremiah 29 is an 11, verse 11 is very popular, and we'll talk you know more about why, but I'm glad that you read kind of the context after that too, because that's going to go right into what I'm going to share. So Jeremiah was a prophet during the Babylonian exile, and Babylon was in where modern-day Iraq currently is, just to give you guys some perspective. Pretty much all the faiths around Israel at the time, and even before when they were coming into the Promised Land, were polytheistic. So a lot of Israel's struggle and the people of Judah's struggle with worshiping false gods because they have all these communities around them that worship false gods and, and multiple gods. Um, Babylon became a major power and then came into Judah, destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. They were taking important people and citizens back with them to Babylon and keeping them captive. And then people were fleeing that didn't get captured. And so when you're reading about Jeremiah, what you just read, like that God is going to gather them back up from exile, like that's what we're talking about. And God was sending people um, like Jeremiah and the prophets during this time to warn them against worshiping false gods, but then also as what you just read, comforting them and reminding them that he is their God and there's going to be a time where everybody's going to be unified again and, and that he's still got them even during this time. So that's a little bit about this passage, but I think there's so many ways that we can apply this verse. So I can't wait to talk more about it. So Gina, why did you pick this passage? I know it's special to you. Yeah, thanks. I love the background that you give. You are so talented and educated. And um, <laughs> so I, I love I love learning more. So this, I, I call it my verse. You know, a lot of people claim mm-hmm. a passage or whatever. And it's a pretty popular one. I call it like a bumper sticker mm-hmm. passage. You know, you find it in greeting cards. And, you know, it's it's used in a lot of places for good reason. Um, but I love that we're going to go into like some of the, the deeper meaning or the context. But for me, me, when I was way back in high school, I was a senior and my high school had a retreat, like the Kairos retreat. Have you heard of those? Mm-hmm. We didn't call it that, but it's the same model. If anybody has been on or worked on a Kairos retreat and this passage came up and it just like spoke to me in that moment. And I was about to graduate from high school and I did not know what I was going to do. <laughs> I, you know, I knew what um, what school I was going to attend, but I wasn't sure. I just wasn't sure what my future was, and it felt stressful at that time. And hindsight is amazing. I mean, I'm this is going to be the theme for me for this passage. Like it speaks to me at these various stages in life when I feel anxious about the future, or anxious about my present moment. And now that I can look back, I you know I can't laugh at those moments, but the beauty of watching the plans unfold. Um, Mm -hmm. it does make me chuckle from time to time. But anyways, I I first heard it then. And then as I continued in college and I was pretty involved in different campus ministries, um, it would just come up here and there. And it was just so powerful to me to hear it again and to find it. And it was like a a coincidence or a God incidence, like, oh God, you're speaking to me. This is, is my verse. And so a couple of key moments for me, um, and you know, I guess this is just like a theme in my life of, 
being uncertain about the future, which I'm not alone in that, I know. Um, <laughs> no. After college, I made a big leap to move from my beloved Southern California um, to Washington, D.C. to be a long-term volunteer. I did the Jesuit Volunteer Corps. Um, and so that was another time where I was taking a leap of faith, really you know, anxious about what that would mean and what that would hold. Um, but I did it, and it's, you know, to me, this passage just is a sign of, of God's faithfulness to me, but me striving to hold on to my faith and trust in God, you know, themes of trust and surrender and belief and, you know, so when I look back at that time, that's kind of what it meant for me then. So I did my volunteer year. It was amazing, but hard, all these things. Um, I went to grad school, met my husband, and and we got married and so you know again this passage pops up from here and there um, in my life but the time when it was most powerful for me was after we'd been married for a bit and we were ready to start our family be that good catholic couple that has who knows how many children <laughs> um mm -hmm. and 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 it was not happening we were having trouble conceiving um, and so we experienced infertility and, again, could go into a long story and a, a lot of details about that. But from this perspective, you know, one of the most painful things for me was how isolating it felt. You know, it's painful to, to deal with infertility. It's painful to think what I have wanted and what I believed God would want for us children and lots of them the old fashioned way you know, was not happening. That was, that was painful. But in the circles that I was in, people were either, you know, already married with, with lots of children. I just didn't happen to have people around me that were going through this. And so I actually mm -hmm. found and helped kind of form this online community. And back then, <laughs> social media was around, but not kind of as powerful as it is now or the way we use it. And blogs were really popular. And so I started a blog, and this was the name of my blog, Jeremiah29. Mm -hmm. And I was actually, it was an anonymous blog. I never even used my name. And so people actually referred to me as Jeremiah2911 um, when we would have <laughs> communications. You know, that was my email address. That was like my identity. And so for me, that really was sort of the most powerful time when I had to cling to this passage. It, it's a time of, of stress, of anxiety, of total despair in some ways, you know, the, the hardest thing I had to go through, you know, without a doubt, and especially questioning God's plan. And so I, I would cling to this and longer I than I, I thought it would be, but sort of. No. A <laughs> it's so beautiful. I love hearing your story. I know that you've told it so many times. Like you said, you started the blog and you've given retreats and done videos and I mean, I'm sure you, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say, assume that you get tired of telling the story because it's your life and it's so beautiful and powerful. I hope that it reminds you every time of like God's faithfulness. Like it just, every time I hear it, it just, especially since I think I was, go, I was with you around this time when you were starting the blog. And I remember when you were getting ready to adopt your first son, like I was like there and holding him when he was just a you know, couple of weeks old. I feel like I've kind of live some of this with you. So I love hearing you your story. I hope you don't. Absolutely have. You absolutely have. I'll never forget, you know, we had never met before that wedding and yeah. you were going through some transitions. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not going to, I'll let you call it whatever it was, but we really connected over this, like, 
what is God's plan for my life right. and where is he calling me and how, you know, how can I hear his voice? How can I follow what he's, he's calling me to? Um, and you had a blog. I, I, we, I mean, and that's kind of how the prayer group came about. You were, you know, such a, a good friend and a, a great inspiration to me, you know, in such a challenging time. Oh, likewise. I, yeah, looking back at that time now, it's crazy. It seems so long ago, but you're right. Like I was just, I think I met you right before I entered the convent and then we reconnected after I left the convent. And I still feel like reading this verse now, like you were just saying too, I mean, I'm sure there's ways that we can look at this verse now about like, God, what is your plan? Like what is going on? You know, there's so much unknown. We've just, were talking about teaching and like, what is the plan? So I think, you know, you've described different ways that this verse has popped up to you throughout your life and it's beautiful. Um, but I think we, it's one that we can all relate to. You were mentioning like how it's one of them bumper stickers. There's lots of like swag, Maria Kilner or Sousa, I still call her by her maiden name, um, <laughs> our mutual friend. She did my first ever episode of this podcast with a verse that was very popular to Micah 6 8 is on like all kinds of swag and pillows and oh, things yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, hanging I, in my house. <laughs> yeah, I have like a T-shirt with it. So I feel like this verse is kind of like that. But then you read, I, like I said, I'm glad that you read like past just the one that we're most familiar with, which is verse 11. Why did you decide to include the whole, like the the passages after it too? Yes. So, so sorry if like a heads up would have been helpful to you, but um, no, I love yeah, it. I, I always love this part that, that, you know, the part that moves on. So um, verse 12, when it says, when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. You know, it's just like to mm -hmm. me further, I, I don't, it was just so comforting. Right. But it mm -hmm. also puts some ownership on us for this relationship, right? Like we mm -hmm. need to call upon him and come to him and pray and he will hear us. And then verse 13, when you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord. I will restore your fortunes. Okay. That part goes on a little bit more, but so those, verses I just read, to me, I remember clinging to them thinking, I, I'm going to do my part to be faithful. I'm going to do my part to, even in the unknowing, even in the uncertainty, even in the doubt, to just cling to whatever I could cling to and continue to seek God. And then that last part, like kind of verse 14, really helps with the context, which right. I'm so grateful you know a bit more about the historical context. But I tried to do a little reading and research um, before our chat today. Nice. Um, to just a little <laughs> bit, a little Google um, to kind of remind myself a little bit more about who is Jeremiah. And, you know, it's not good to just take this out of context, I would say, you know, generally speaking, we, context is important. And um, it's despite the fact that this passage has been so powerful for me and it kind of a selfish way. <laughs> it's helpful to see it in the context of what was happening to, mm -hmm. you know, the Israelites then. And they thought they would be released much sooner than they were going. Yeah. To be, correct. Is that right? And yeah. So, so I think it says something like 70. Now, seven's like a symbolic number in scripture, but still like it was, like you said, much longer, whether it was 70 or, you know, a different number. Um, yeah. Yes. So go on. So Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's all. It was just really helpful to learn that, you know, this was, was to inspire the people to trust, you know, and to know that God's got them, but it wasn't going to be resolved soon or easily or in the way they expected. And that rings so true for my life. Like, um, mm -hmm. I know I'm bringing it back to me. <laughs> no, girl, but, this um... is your episode. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> but 
you know, in, you know, in those early days of infertility, I thought, okay, I just, I need, just need to do this or that, and then I'll get pregnant, or it's going to take longer, but it's still going to happen. But it didn't, never, you know, and so then we went towards adoption, which is amazing and beautiful and miraculous, but just not what I had intended or thought would be happening. And so it took, you know, just took so much time for God's plan to unfold and for me to slowly be open and accepting. And now looking back, I can see I love my story, like even mm -hmm. more than if I had just gotten pregnant like I wanted or, um, you know, God's plans are better and greater and mysterious, you know, um, than the ones that we have for ourselves. But they take time to unfold and they don't come in the ways we expect. And that's, I think, what Jeremiah was saying um, mm -hmm. to the people then. And, you know, in terms of my story, you know, you were around when we adopted our oldest, Tommy, who's now almost 11, which Ugh. is crazy. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. And we were hanging out, I think, um, still when my daughter Molly came along. Um, mm -hmm. and then we were very blessed and fortunate to adopt again, my son, Jack. So three kids that are mine through adoption. And again, their stories and how they came to us, are all just an incredible witness, you know, of God's love and faithfulness. And it's just, I just feel so fortunate to be part of their stories. Um, I will throw in there that the last couple of years, we have also been foster parents. And I know it's been um, amazing. Well, it's, it's been a lot of things. Again, a whole other show I could go on about all the things, <laughs> but in terms of this passage, um, I really feel like I'm coming out of one of the hardest years I've ever had mm. um, with our last placement. In In two years, we've had four little kiddos come and go. Um, and mm. the first three were, were shorter term. But this last baby, he came to us when he was eight weeks old and just left in February um, mm -hmm. after almost 18 months with us. Um, and there was a while we thought maybe we would be adopting him, which we were super happy to do and, and would do in a heartbeat if he needed. But it, you know, his case went the other direction and, and he reunified with his mom. But of course, all this is happening during the pandemic and during mm. virtual schooling, my kids and all the things that I could not have foreseen coming. So, you know, this passage, it just comes back to me over and over in all the ways in my life as inspiring me to trust God, reminding me of his faithfulness. You know, it has been proven to me time and time again in my life. But even at 41, I'm thinking, all right, what's next? I don't know what, you know, mm -hmm. I still wonder, am, are we going to keep fostering? Am I going to keep teaching? You know, life still mm -hmm. has uncertainties. So it, it still brings me peace, reminds me to trust, reminds me to surrender and to be open to all of these scary things and and all these uncertainties. Uh, your story is so powerful. Like I said, I mean, I've heard it and I know that you share it so much, but I think it is so important. It's so unique. Um, and like you were describing with your blog and how people, you, you anonymous, I can't say that word. You both, you know, people didn't even, you didn't mention your name, but people were reaching out to you. I mean, cause they love their, they connected with your story. I just think, I know it's a tough story, but it's, it's important. And I feel similar. My story is very different, but it's, you know, unique, like the, just my vocation's always been kind of a thing. It's like, what is God calling me to do? I feel like I've described it as like Mary Poppins. I just kind of go wherever the wind takes me, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, I'll try religious life. And, you know, I think there always, there's been like a, a path, but to go back to this passage, like 
you know, it's not what I had in mind at all, but it's obviously what God has in mind. And the line that always grabs me is, um, your translation was a little bit different, but plans for welfare, not for woe. What was the wording that you had um, in um, verse 11? Says, oh, yeah, I do have welfare, not for harm. Okay. And I, I mean, similar, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but a little bit. When I teach this with my students, they don't really know what woe means. So I think harm yeah. probably makes a little bit more, more sense. Mm-hmm. But they can relate to this passage, too. And it's just, I think, a good reminder for all of us. I think sometimes we do get ourselves in these situations, like maybe the one that you're describing, like with the foster child. Like, it's like, what is your plan? Like, we have to remind ourselves he doesn't want us to suffer, but yet allows suffering. Um, And the suffering doesn't make sense a lot of the time. And it's not till later that, like you were saying earlier, you look back and you're like, hindsight it makes sense, but it's still not easy and it didn't make sense at the time. And I just think these other verses, I'm glad that you read them because like you said, it's even more affirming that if I go to God and I do my part, he is going to hear me. And if I seek him out, I am going to find him. You know, I, I just love that affirmation. And I feel like that's something that we can all relate to right now. Like we need that affirmation because we're all very uncertain right now if you wanted to yeah. add on to that. I I just say yes. <laughs> um, no, I totally totally agree. Um, I actually found this one reflection online about this passage that referenced an earlier passage. So apparently a prophet had previously told the Israelites that they would be rescued sooner, and they Mm. were believing this. And Mm -hmm. part of Jeremiah's mission was to say, sorry, not yet, but, you know, hence this inspirational passage. Um, but I think it's Jeremiah 29, 7, the Lord says, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And mm-hmm. so even in the midst of their suffering and their, you know, they're in exile, they're not where they want to be or with the people they want to be with. Jeremiah is telling them, like, contribute to the common good, like get married, mm-hmm. have children, plant roots settle in but I'm still here and you know you you will be rescued but but not yet and I think that that kind of goes along with what we're doing right now right like we're in quarantine we're trying to make the most of this time right we're trying to like come up with projects reinvent things like you know exactly bake bread it's not what we had planned on doing but we're trying to make the most of this exile (laughs) that is exactly right and I feel like you know both all these life experiences of mine that were um, you know, uncertain and stressful. I feel like that was my call too. like, make the most of this. Just trust me. You don't know what the future holds, but, but make the most of what is going on with you right now. And yes, quarantine is that way. Um, and even it can go in a wider direction, I think, like in terms of the people in our lives and, and all that we have going on, you know, to, to not only make the most of it, but, um, to seek the peace and prosperity of, our jobs and our workplaces and, and our communities that we're in. Um, you know, I if you would have told me as a kid I would spend my life in Maryland, I don't know if I could have found Maryland right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Sorry, Maryland. Um, I know, right? <laughs> and, you know, I, I kind of skipped over this part, but when I was getting engaged to my husband, I, the, one of the main reasons I was dragging my feet, so to speak, he was ready and I was not quite ready because I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't plant roots here you know like Mm -hmm. I'm from California my whole family is there and 
he works at a nonprofit, still does, same one he was at back then. I thought, oh my gosh, we're going to be so poor. We're never going to be able to fly back to see my family. And, you know, all this stress, it's just like God calls us to just, you know, leave the details to him, you know, to trust, to surrender. Um, And I, I have I guess I'm learning how much of a control freak I am. Um, <laughs> and I have had a lot of moments to just let it go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a super control freak, too. It's been super hard in quarantine, for sure, because I'm such a planner and I just want to, like, plan things. And um, I guess what I'm thinking while you're speaking. So when we're talking about trusting in these moments and, like, continuing to pursue God even in these moments. I mean, you and I have had these conversations where, like, it's really tough, especially in those moments of suffering where you don't see him. So I guess what advice might you have or what's worked for you in the past when you are in these really kind of, like, darker moments? Like, how do you continue to search and seek for God um, wow. in those moments? Is that tough? Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's only tough because I don't feel worthy to give any sort of advice. I feel like same when you asked me to do this. I'm like, oh, what do I have to say? You know, <laughs> you know, the only thing I can say is that I just never gave up on God, on my faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, he never mm-hmm. gives up on us. But mm-hmm. I um, when we were first going through infertility, I actually feel like my faith was so strong I was despairing and probably in some level of depression, but I, you know, I didn't have kids yet. So my schedule was a little bit more my own. And I went to daily mass and prayed all the prayers and novenas and had spiritual direction. And actually my husband and I made a really powerful pilgrimage. You remember, I'm sure Mm -hmm. just because we were friends and I talked about it a lot, but um, it was Holy Week of 2010 and we went to Lourdes, France and I did the whole bathing in the waters, praying for my miracle, and um, and then went on to Rome for all of the Triduum and Easter services with the Holy Father that year in Rome. And it was just so powerful. You know, we just, we knew that we had done all that we could, um, and it was just in God's hands for what was going to happen next. And so it was difficult, but yeah. Anyways, I feel like more recently when life has been difficult, it's been harder for me, but I just, I just remember what is important. Even when I feel like I'm in desolation and I'm not feeling um, God's consolation, I'm not finding answers, I'm still faithful to the best I can be. I love that you said that you never gave up on God. Like even if maybe you weren't able to actively give anything in the moments. Like I know that we've both had like low moments where it's like, I need you to pray for me because I can't pray right now, you know? And I, I think that's real. And, but we never gave up on the fact that like, even if I couldn't do it, like my girls got it and like you can in the moment. So I think going back to what you're saying earlier, like relying and really reaching out to other people too. um, When you're talking about verse seven, about how like they, the people were exiled, but they still had to, live their lives and be in community with each other. Um, I think that's important part of this too. It's our relationship with God, but then also with each other, especially in these times where we're in exile and it's hard to reach out when we're not feeling it to God or to others, but say, I totally should have led with that. I mean, truly I have such (laughs) rock star people in my life that are praying for me and with me and reaching out. And, you know, so often that's how we clearly see God's working in our lives with the people around us who are, inspiring us with their faithfulness and actively praying for us and dragging us along. Yeah, absolutely. 
we do carry each other sometimes for sure. Yeah. I know that. And it's it's beautiful. Our faith is beautiful. It's it's tough and it's not easy, but um I love getting to to talk about it with you since we've journeyed together for so long and I love this this was good for me to go back to this passage. I always find that when people pick passages, I'm like, oh, what are we going to say? But then it always gives me something to go back and reflect on. So I do think that even though I've taught this for so long and we've talked about it before, um, I needed to revisit it. So thank you for taking the time to talk about it and tell your story. It's such a, a beautiful story, Gina. Oh, thanks. I I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I agree. As much as I claim this passage, I often forget as well the context or um, the deeper meaning and Man, scripture, it's just like bottomless, right? I mean, yeah. the, the layers and the levels and the meanings just multiply and it's beautiful. And depending on where we're at in our lives, like you said, this passage has meant different things to you or, you know, it's just kind of revealed itself in new ways. So it's kind of doing that for me right now. So this is great. Yes, I love it. I have to say um, another mutual friend of ours, Stephanie, um, she's in mm. a Bible study I'm in right now. And when our little foster kiddo left just last, you know, a few weeks ago in February, um, she brought over this beautiful framed passage of Jeremiah 29, 11. And Aww. it's funny, she and I have not discussed it in a long time, but she's been around for a while and she said something along the lines of, I, you know, had no idea what else to do or say, but I, I know the power of this passage and it was just Aww. such a special gift and another reminder. It just keeps popping up. Oh my gosh. I love our friends. I miss you girls. I hope that we yes. get to see each other soon now yes. that we're vaccinated and, and all of that. But I'm, I'm so grateful that we can always connect over um, prayer and podcasts. <laughs> Yeah. And time flies, but we just pick up where we left off, don't we? Absolutely. That's because I think we are so grounded in our, our faith. That's another beautiful thing about it. When you have that that strong foundation, you know, it's easy yep. to pick up. Well, um, at the end, give people a chance to promote things. So I don't know if there's anything like you wanted to draw our attention to. Um, you are on social media, but I don't know if you're like trying to plug anything right now, if there's like <laughs> website you want us to check out. <laughs> You know what? I, I was thinking about this question because I listened mm. to your podcast and, um, <laughs> you know, I, I got nothing to promote. Nobody wants to just see pictures of my kids. Um, but <laughs> I will say I do feel really passionate about foster care, you know, mm -hmm. since we've been doing this for a couple of years and, you know, discerning, are we going to continue? And we are. So I'll just give a little shout out, like wherever you live, whatever you do, if you feel inspired to just learn a little bit more about foster care in your area, it's amazing how much you can do without actually becoming a foster parent. And if anybody feels little seeds planted, um, there's such a need, such a need for foster parents. But obviously, it's an overwhelming commitment. But so many things you can do. There's a really cool organization in our area called Comfort Cases. And um, they, they work nationwide, but they're located here in Maryland. But they take donations of all kinds of things because they send um, backpacks with kids at their first placement when they first get mm. removed from their homes and placed in a foster home. They generally have nothing because it's a really traumatic, stressful moment. They're just removed immediately from their homes. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so comfort cases or any other, anything else, I, that's, that's my little plug. Absolutely. I think that's that's wonderful. I think that we don't think about um, foster care as much as we should. It is... Um, such a special calling. And I like how you said too that 
even if you don't feel called necessarily to be a foster parent, you can give donations, you can just educate yourself more about cases. So I think that's really great advice and a great use of our our plug in our energy. So um, yeah. thank you, Gina. Um, I, if people want to check out me on Instagram at seven mile chats, all spelled out. I'd love to talk to you more about scripture. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, I'm looking for guests for the second half of season two. So please reach out to me. And I'm also on Twitter. I talk a lot about Catholic education and teaching at Miss Struckley one M S S T R U K E L Y one. And thank you everybody so much for listening. And thank you, Gina, for being here. It was so good to catch up. You're welcome. I miss you, Julia. I miss you too. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening.